TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Is this the nightcap? No, this is Patrick. Is this the nightcap? No, this is Patrick. Is this the nightcap? No, this is Patrick. Time now for the nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. You know, I complained earlier about NBC not showing uh, Islanders Leafs. Man, I love watching Tampa Bay. Like, they are as close to, I think, a perfect hockey team I've ever seen. And that's why this year I'm like, if they don't win the cup... Maybe you got a little too much parity in your sport because they should be the Golden State Warriors of this sport. Like, they are perfect at every spot. Maybe they could use a little more on the blue line, barely. But, I mean, they go nine deep with scoring forwards. They have arguably the be- one of the best goalies in the league. They have arguably the best defenseman in the league in Hedman. They have arguably the best player in the league in Kucherov. And they're playing a team in Boston here who in the last few minutes, like Boston's come on, but for the first like 14 minutes of this period, this game, just dominating a team that's right behind you in the standings, second in the East. It's crazy because this will be this could be Tampa's 11th straight 11th straight win. Yeah. Let me catch that, obviously. Uh, so obviously in the last 10, they're 10 0 and 0. Boston went 8 0 and 2 and lost ground. They that's didn't lose crazy. in regulation. It's crazy and lost ground. It's crazy. What was the question you asked me earlier? Who's going to end up with more points, Kucherov or the Lightning? Yes. And where are they at? Kucherov currently sits at 104 points on the season, and the Lightning as a team have 102. It's just crazy. They're going to end up with like 130 points. That's insane. Like, I'm very optimistic about the Sabres' future, but I don't know how optimistic I am that they're going to be better than Tampa in the next few years. They might get good enough that they could beat them in a playoff series, but man, this division is going to be tough sledding going forward. The Lightning are elite. The Leafs have one of the best forward cores in the league. Boston still keeps hanging on. They're good. Although I still think, you know, at some point that's got to end. But they're still good. Florida's got good young pieces. Like the only teams I'm banking on being worse than me for the next five years is Detroit and Ottawa. And if Iserman goes to Detroit, like a lot of people think he's going to, we just saw him build this this insane team in Tampa that he might go do that in Detroit. He'll probably end up there. He quit the Lightning. Eiserman, I would bet money he's going to be the Red Wing GM by next year. I think. Family still lives there. Oh, uh, we got a name on line one. Mike. Mike, what's up, man? You're on the nightcap. Hey, hello? Yeah, you're on the air. What's up, man? Yeah, no, I just wanted to comment on what you just commented. Uh, I feel like the Tampa Bay Lightning are probably one of the best teams I've seen in a very long time. They're a complete team. They got depth all throughout center and wings. Um, I'm a New York Rangers fan, so they have half of... They have a lot of Rangers. 
<laughs> yeah. a lot of Rangers. Yeah, my man Ryan McDonough. I mean Callahan, even though he's playing, I think fourth line minutes, but Callahan, uh, JT Miller. Yeah, they have a lot of Rangers. They had Callahan was a first liner in, at the range, on the Rangers, but uh, that's right. To to add a add a couple players like that and not even have them on their first two lines is crazy. I don't see anybody beating Tampa. Yeah, yeah, me neither, man. I, th- thanks for the call. Like the only argument to me against someone beating Tampa is it's hockey, and anything can happen. You've had eight seeds win the cup. Like that's your argument on Tampa not winning because on paper and watching the games this year and all the analytics, like everything tells you they're the best team. There's also been this uh, thing, this this narrative around that the Sabers have kind of played the Lightning tough this season, and they have to an extent, but it's a little exaggerated. And maybe you can remember a couple of these moments, but I think I read Tampa's hit like 14 goalposts playing the Sabres this season. I feel like in the final two minutes of the Sabre victory during the streak, there had to have been <laughs> two or three against Carter Hutton yeah, at least. when Buffalo couldn't get out of their own zone. There were a couple in this last game. but They hit one in the shootout in this last game. Yep. Point, I think, did. So, yeah, like yeah, a couple of centimeters e- either way. And maybe the Sabres would have been destroyed by them this this uh, this season. Um, all right, I don't need to be picking on the Sabres too much here. You're comparing them to Tampa. Like, this is unfair. They're the best team in the league. And we're not supposed to be that. <laughs> Yet. Or maybe ever. The replacement captain for the New York Islanders has scored on John Tavares tonight. Um, oh, wait, let me guess. I just saw who their captain was the other day, and it surprised me. Is it I, shouldn't, Lee? I shouldn't say next captain, next cap or replacement, next captain in line. Is it it Anders was Lee? Anders Lee. All right, he's going to be free agent, I think, this year. Forty goals a year ago. Him and Brock Nelson, I think, will both be free agents. Can you imagine if they leave too? Oh, the poor Islanders. <laughs> they don't have a building. They don't have a, a players that ever want to sign there. They don't have any history really past the '80s, of course. Yeah, there's that. Um, two more things I want to touch on before uh, we get to Brandon Bean. So DK, let, let me do that last, actually. No, I'll do now. DK Metcalf, if you saw the pictures, he's jacked. Insane. He's probably the most muscular wide receiver any of us have ever seen in our entire lives. And that was kind of confirmed today by the fact that he had 1.6% body fat. Now, in case you don't really realize how low a number that is, an article that was being passed around Twitter today from Men's Health was citing how, you know, bodybuilders only go below 4% for their competitions and then otherwise they're above 4%. And that under 4% is, like, unhealthy. And Metcalf's at 1.6. He's at less than half of what you should be health-wise at that. So, I don't know if I should be worried about it. Other people seem to think that it could be a PED um, red flag. Not saying that he's doing them, and they're not saying that he's doing them, but that's like one of the red flags you look for. I'd be a little worried. Just how muscular you are. Like, how are you going to go up and catch footballs? Your arms aren't going to be able to go over your head. Like, those bodybuilders, like they, can't, they don't have a lot of range in their arms. That reminds me of a baseball player, Dan Ugla 
during the tail end of his career got so big he actually ran himself out of the league because he couldn't get the bat around his chest. Really? That's, that's bad. Huge biceps. He couldn't just stop working out. Huge pecs, but couldn't get him through the side. He couldn't just stop working out. Couldn't get out of his own way. So, like, his shirt would tear in half when he would try to swing? I think he purposely shrunk okay. the sleeves, too, because when he was sitting at second base, it was basically like Roger Maris in the 60s, basically a tank top sitting on him. Gotcha. Yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I, he's a decent idea to me, Metcalf. Um, I don't love him enough, though, where I think I want to pick him ninth. I'm all about drafting receivers high. I'm all about getting Josh Allen, his future number one wide receiver. But I think it might be too high for a guy that's got one year of solid production and injury worries after that. Like, didn't they not want to commit to Sammy Watkins because of injury worries? All the talent was there. No, oh, I guess he wasn't their guy also. But... Like, that was a red flag with him, and they passed on it. And I tend to think that maybe they wouldn't like Metcalf for that same reason. And I do think, like, the speed guys later in the draft, like, I can get that. The name that keeps coming back to me, Hollywood Brown, man. Get him in a Bills uniform. Was it Daniel Jeremiah today? Maybe it was Charles Davis. Someone on One Bills Live made the point today that you need to surround Allen with the right kind of receivers. And the follow-up was, well, what is the right kind of receiver for Allen? And the response was track stars. Like, that's what I need. I need track stars. I need guys that can run under his 90-yard bombs. And they don't have... Foster is close to that, but he's an undrafted guy, and he's only had, like, six games of production, so how much can you count on that? Other than Foster, they don't really have that guy at all. McKenzie is quick, but he's not, like, a burner. Jones isn't slow, but he's not a burner either. And then what other receiver can I even count on maybe being back here next season? Like They're kind of starting over at that position. They built up the defense. They did that. They drafted Edmonds. They brought in their two safeties in Poyer and um, Hyde. They drafted their number one corner in white. They might have Levi Wallace as another guy. They drafted Matt Milano. They signed Star Latule. They drafted Harrison Phillips. Like They have brought in, and they brought in... Trent Murphy, like, they have brought in enough defensive players where you should go, all right, like, this is what their plan is on the defensive side of the football. And, all right, last year it worked. We don't really, I don't think, see what they what their blueprint is on the offense yet, other than the quarterback. Everything around the quarterback, you still got to do. You still got to find an offensive line. You still got to find a number one and a number two receiver. You still got to find a number one tight end. You still got to find a running back that you can count on being here for more than a year. They got a lot of work to do in the offensive side of the football. And I don't think they need to rush Metcalf if just because he's the top guy. Find another hole, plug that, and swing back around to your number one receiver when you think you've got like a bona fide elite guy and you got the opportunity to get him. Maybe that's Antonio Brown, but I mean the age just that's always the problem with me. I will never not want Antonio Brown because he got into it with Ben Roethlisberger and his coach and ownership. I will never want Antonio Brown because of his cap hit because it's not bad. It's like 15 then 11 then 12. That's not bad at all for that player. The biggest reason and maybe the only reason I really don't want the Bills to get Antonio Brown is his age. If you're building a foundation for your offense here, I don't think you bring in a guy who's only got a couple years left. Find that somewhere else. 
And I'm not saying Hollywood Brown, I think, would be like a bona fide number one receiver. But he's the style receiver I want, and maybe he could be my number two. He should be able to be my number two. And I can worry about number one somewhere else, some other time. Because I don't like their options. There's no guy this year, other than Brown, that screams to me, I can come in right now and be your number one wide receiver. Or be a good number one wide receiver. You can be mine, but you can't be a good one. I don't see that guy out there right now. And I think I want to include Metcalf. He's a big question mark. <laughs> like I said, these pictures, man, I don't know how that would hinder him. If you're going up for a football, are you going to tear your bicep? It's weird. It's weird that a receiver can be that big in the first place. One other thing I wanted to touch on before we uh, get to Brandon Bean. So the Danny, the roast of Danny Garris tonight. It's ongoing right now. Someone's talking up on stage. Maybe it's Renee Robert. Maybe it's Bulldog introducing Lou Picone. Maybe it's Lou Picone. Last year was Fred Jackson. Kyle, you might need a second to think about this. But I want to know... Like, the number one athlete you would like to attend a roast for. Could, doesn't have to be on your team. This could just be across sports. Like, a guy you want to see a roast for. And a lot of times what happens at these roasts, since they're not really released to the public, is you hear stuff that you might never hear in other places. So it might be like a little bit of a, a peephole into things that you would never know. And I thought about this. And I think because I love the team so much, because I love the personalities all across the team, and there'd be some stuff I maybe would want to know, I think Danny Breer would be the guy I want to see a roast of the most. You might pick the same thing because you're a Flyers fan, but I'd want to see a roast of Danny Breer. I just want, I want to get some insight on that, that season because we don't really hear about it a lot. They didn't bring the guys back for a, like a 10-year reunion or anything like that. We saw some messages on the trip on the on the video board when Palmville played his thousandth game, but you know I'd, l- I'd like to have a night just for that team, and that would be that, because he was the best player on that team. He wasn't here long. I'm not saying he got to retire his number, but like he was the best player on the two best teams of my lifetime in Buffalo sports. So like, give me give me that. Give give fans. I want I want to see fans like my age there too. Like that'd be a cool roast for me to attend. Is Briere your guy too? No. No. No, I want to roast Yasiel Puig. Oh, that would be so good. Because he already leads on a lot, but I feel like there's yeah. so much more to that man off the field that we just don't have anything. Man, I would don't have a Puig, clue about. I think Puig would be like the one baseball player I'd want to see most. No, we I don't know, man. I hear a lot of stories about Jose Canseco. Dude, that guy is a mess. I, I know, I know, but I think a roast might be pretty funny. <laughs> I think. Texter says roast and Richie Incognito. That might be along those lines. Canseco. Maybe you could do them both. Incognito and Canseco in the same night. Did you see the story about Canseco? Canseco. Why can't I can't pronounce his name tonight? Um, he's leading a Bigfoot slash alien expedition in Nevada. I'm not shocked. He goes on these tangents on Twitter sometimes, too. I think at one point he said he'd be a good president. Nevada, also. Like, okay, I can get the alien stuff, but you're not finding Bigfoot in the desert. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, I don't know what he's thinking on that that part of it. I think Canseco would be, like, a really juicy one. You're right. It might get bad, but, like, there might be some swings being thrown. He's probably a little There might be some furniture moving. from uh, From that baseball that went off his head in the 90s. Yes. Oh, God, he's such an interesting guy. Um, other than that, like, is oh, there anyone at football? Lenny Dykstra, that would be awful. 
Lenny Dykstra. Awful. Just either. Oh, Am I going to be uh, shamed upon by the text line and everybody here if I don't no, say I don't I really blame know who Lenny Dykstra is? I don't blame you for not knowing him. He was a Mets and Philly center fielder back in the okay. 80s and 90s. Like, Lots. I've heard, I've heard the name, but. Lots of drug problems. Okay. Tobacco problems. We got a bunch of baseball players in here. Believe I recall, he did go bankrupt at one point. Just that would get dark. I don't know about Lenny that. Lenny Dykstra. I don't, I don't know, know if I, I want to know those dark. things. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I need to know that. Yeah, I don't want dark. Um, I'm trying to think of like Bills players I'd want to see. Um, I didn't really grow up with any like legendary Bills, so that might be tough. Um, I don't really got one for the Bills. I got a bunch for the Sabers. I just want to see something where Max Finneganoff can show up. Guy's my childhood hero as an athlete. Is that pathetic? Maybe. But the guy's been in Russia for a decade. He's never around. I'm not going to be looking up Ru- Russian YouTube to see highlights of him. I don't even know their alphabet. Because this is different. Russian alphabet is different, I think. Some weirdo symbols. Like, different symbols. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, I think yeah. So. I'd like to see something where he can show up. Maybe a Lesh Kodalik. He seems like an interesting guy from that time. Um, anyone from right now, it's tough to do it right now because you got people going through seasons and they still have bosses. So that might be tough. Erod, or A-Rod, I'm sorry, from the text line. Yeah, A-Rod would be a good one. These Again, like I'm surprised that I like all these baseball ideas because I'm not really a big baseball fan, but like I would love to see an A-Rod one and I would love to see a Canseco one. Yeah. And I would, was there another one you mentioned? Maybe. Puig? Puig, yes. Oh, I'd love to see a Puig one. Uh, Jason's got an idea for a good roast. Jason, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, so um, yeah, I'm surprised. He's not the best of my time. Um, definitely not my favorite, but I thought Marshawn Lynch would be a real good one. Oh, that's perfect. Me as a 23-year-old Bills fan, like that's the guy. That's me, 23-year-old Bills fan. I can't stand him, but I'll let you go. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, yeah, even if you don't st- – I think you can't stand him. I like that you called because you, I think you would acknowledge that he'd be probably the most interesting one. You'd get a lot of stars, I think, from like other cities too because he's not really known as a Bill. Like, you might get Russell Wilson show up this thing. Richard, Sher- oh, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman roasting Marshawn Lynch might be worth it on its own. I don't need anybody else to be up there. It's pretty good. John on a – on the text line, also suggested Marshawn Lynch. Uh, Housley we've got on the text line. That's not really, I think, doable. Good try. LeBron, that's a tweet. I don't think LeBron would ever do it. Lindy Ruff, oh, says texter. I'd like a Lindy one. Love Lindy. Yeah, I'd like to see a Lindy Ruff one. I think my favorite so far for the Bills would be Lynch. Maybe I might change my favorite Sabre one to Lindy. And ooh, baseball's tough. I think I'd want to see Puig the most. Although, I'm telling you, dude, that Canseco one would be... <laughs> the place would be up in flames by the time that thing ended. Or ha- not, if not halfway through. All right. WGR Celebrity Roast is going on right now. Danny Gare at the Grapevine Banquets. I'm not sure if you can scalp any tickets. I, I don't think that's a thing. You could try. It's cold out. Maybe don't try. Um, so there's that. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned throughout the week, tomorrow, I mean, and Saturday for sale to uh, see if you can get any Timbits on what happened, who might the star have been. We had some some Ryan Fitzpatrick stuff leak out from last year's roast, so keep an eye out for that. 
803-0550 is the phone number. We're going to get to Brandon Bean, Bills general manager, coming up next. He was at the Combine in Indy. Sal was in Indy and then came all the way up here to get uh, get that for us. So we'll play Bean coming back next on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase and Kyle Powell hanging out for another half hour here on WGR. Let's get to Brandon Bean, Bill's general manager. Not the press conference. You probably already heard that earlier in the day. We'll get you his visit with Murph and Tasker on One Bills Live in case you missed that. So here is Bean with the guys. Yes, the combine is here, and there's there's TV, and there's stuff going on, and, and everybody sees the tangible results. But there's also like a, a sub-combine that you were talking about, people just talking and, and exchanging ideas from different teams. Yeah. I assume that started already, right? You're- yeah, 100%. You know, uh, as you come here, there's you've, you've obviously looked through free agency. There's reports on guys that have uh, inflated cap numbers and things like that. So you're always looking for ways to improve your roster. And so, yes, yeah, some of those conversations I had call. I've had three calls last week. Hey, just to get you ahead of the curve, we're we may move on from you know these guys on these teams and asking me, did I have any guys that they should look at or any positions? And so that way, when we run into them here, hey, what did you think about this player? Would there be any interest in a swap or a swap for picks? And and that will pick up even more once we get into the workouts because what happens is you're all in the dome, you're all in these suites and. This group will run, and then there's you know 20, 30 minutes of dead time. And so you walk down the hall, you see your buddy from this team, that team, and sometimes conversations you didn't even know were going to happen happen where you're talking about your roster. And, well, you know what? We're, we're heavy, this yeah. position, if that's what you think you need. And, and so who knows uh, if anything will come to fruition, but we're always looking to improve our roster, and if there's a chance to do that, uh, we'll try and make that move. Yeah, and, and it's this draft, and it always happens that some, something kind of overriding – comes through this year it's Kyler Murray mm-hmm. and his size and his physical measurements and is he going to throw is he going to run and and you've said and it's obvious and we've talked about it a couple of times you're not in that horse race anymore yeah, yeah. and and you've already got you know you've already got your guy and uh, it's nice to sit there and watch the you know you can kind of relate to it on one hand but yep. on the other hand it's like man I'm so glad I'm not in that fight no I found myself when the quarterbacks were walking across the stage after they're getting uh, weighed and measured and all that stuff, watching who's really focused <laughs> on every little thing. Cause I'm going a year ago, we were, here, we were here scrutinizing every little thing, every measurement. Okay, that's his hand size. Okay, he measures out of this. What's he weigh and and just what's his body look like? And obviously, we're still looking at these guys and writing our own notes. But uh, it's funny. The teams that you kind of know are in that market. Obviously, everybody knew it was no secret what market we were in a year ago. Sure. Um, so it's, uh, I'm glad we're where we're at, and uh, we know we got a lot of work to do, though. You might hear from some of those quarterback needy teams, right, with the ninth pick in the first round. We could. We could. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, it's uh, everybody's playing uh, poker right now yeah. with, with what they're going to do, and we were doing the same last year. Um, I think as the process goes – you know, there may there may be some names that people have as the fourth or fifth quarterback, but uh, in a couple of months, those things can flip three or four times. And so um, I think it will be interesting to see how it plays out and how many guys do go in the top ten. It's a quarterback league. If you think that guy fits your team, then you got to be aggressive to go get him if you want him. The last thing you want to do is be sitting on your hands and watching somebody else go get a guy that you like. So you've had – you've, you've- been doing this general manager thing your counterpart steve kime yesterday 
made this statement that still resonates with a lot of people. They're, they've got the first pick of the draft. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that pick ends up being a quarterback, whether he deserves to be there or not. So he says they've got their guy for right now. Mm-hmm. So does that, to you, as a poker player, yeah. what's that tell you about the Cardinals? They've got a – is that kind of – throws their front door open for business does it not yeah i mean i didn't hear the words but um you know if what you're saying sounds like you know they're saying right now then maybe that doesn't mean in two months from now uh i I don't i don't know uh i don't pretend to know and i haven't seen steve uh but i'll ask him about it when i run into him and (laughs) uh, and see what he says but uh yeah i mean listen maybe they're playing poker too maybe they want to make people think that they're going to draft a quarterback so that somebody comes up and gives them a whole haul of picks. So um, a lot can be read into that, um, and maybe that's exactly what Steve wanted to say. (laughs) We're with uh, Bill's general manager, Brandon Bean, here at the Combine. Uh, You're putting in long days. How much of your time is spent on meetings with agents? And who are these agents? For your current guys or? Uh, Both. Both? Yep, yep. So um, you're always – you know, you're always talking to, to teams, but you're you're generally, you know, you agents are here. This is a thing for everybody. So you run into, you have a coffee, whatever. And sometimes there's agents that are here that are representing players that are getting drafted. And you talk about who they've got, and and because what happens is you some of these guys you want to get on privates and pro days. So you want to try and if it's a hot name, you got certain days that fits your schedule. Hey, can we this pro days on March the 15th? Can we get them on March the 18th mm-hmm. and and do that? So um but we'll obviously talk to agents that our guys have that maybe we're still trying to extend and and so forth, but uh it's good to see them. There's a lot of good guys and um we have our contingent of Jim Overdorf and Kevin Megang and, and they're here um and maybe you know, who knows? Maybe we walk out of here and have one of our guys extended. Well, let's talk about some yeah. of your guys. And let me start with the guy you were asked about this morning, Jordan Phillips. Who it seemed with the retirement of Kyle Williams, he might have a maybe have a bigger role to play. That's got to be a, a factor in any conversation you would have with him or his agent right now, right? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Jordan uh, Jordan has started some in this league. He's backed up. He was a second round pick. Um, he's a talented young man. Um, for certain reasons, it, everything hasn't played out perfectly for him. That's why he was available. Uh, I thought he brought a great energy to our team, especially at home. He was. I mean, he really yeah. he brought an energy and an edge, and that's what I. That's kind of one of the things I told him. I said, "Hey, uh, if I was being critical of you, I would say, hey, just add a little bit more of that on the road.' Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And not that he wasn't, but I really felt him at home. At, at home a little bit more. And one thing he said, he said, "I love playing in this stadium. I love our fans." And I said, "I told you, you're gonna love this yeah. place like a college." And uh, he said, "That's that's a good point." He took it, and he's like, "I just love playing in our stadium and our fans." And uh, he's a neat kid. Uh, you know, we, we'd love to get him back. And but he's a free agent. He's earned that right. And he's got to make a business decision. And and we have a value we put on him, and his agent has a value they put on him. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Could he be an answer at that position, though? Like, yeah, he, he is talented. Yeah, he can he can rush the passer. He can play the run. He can do different things. I mean, he's he's a big kid. He's got athletic ability. Again. Um, I know exactly why he was drafted in the second round. I was in Carolina when that was going on, but we had good grades on Jordan as well. You know, it, it's where it, it's all a big balance, and every said is so excited about all the money that you guys have to spend in the cap, and and you kind of positioned yourself over the last eighteen months to get there. You're here, but all of a sudden, then you got you know what? We got some guys that we have that we don't want to be free agents. You know, we, it's about it, there's like fifteen. You know, oranges that you got to keep in the air all the time. You're trying to juggle the balance between which guys to keep, which guys to extend, and which guys to kind of say, hey, thanks, it's been great, but we're going to go in a different direction. Plus, 
go out and shop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 100%. it's you've you've got a lot of a lot of irons in the fire right now, and it's this is the time of year, and, and this is just one more of them. This being at the combine, what you know, what's the next step, tangible step you guys need to take to move forward in the off process of this off season? Well, I think it is. You know, we've we've gone through for our free agency meetings. Uh, we've had two rounds of draft meetings, so. We see where the value is on the boards, where we can, you know, if we don't get this position in free agency, we'll have opportunities in our mind throughout the draft to add guys. So that's part of your planning. If it's a thin position, you know, you go, man, we probably better take a good shot at it in free agency within reason. Um, But if it's not, you can say, hey, let's try in free agency. But hopefully, you know, we think in the mid-rounds we could really get a guy of value to add. Um, so we've done all that. Unfortunately, free agency is very fluid, so you can, you can put your target. we got our A targets, our B targets, our C targets. We've got price values that we think they fit in the comps around the league. Um, but, again, so all it takes is one team. Right. And you can put a guy, and you think he fits in the 8 to $9 million year, and one team pays him 12 well, that would be stupid for me if I did my due diligence on him before that other team paid him 12, and I said, well, I'll pay you 12 and a half uh, to get you. That's how you get yourself where this team was, yeah. uh, quite candidly. And to your point, we have guys that we're trying to grow and build our culture and build our thing. The last thing I want to do is let a good player that we've spent all this time developing walk out of the building on his own terms because he didn't want to be there or we didn't have the money. And so we have to be smart, judicious, whatever word I've used since the season's over uh, with our spending. And and we do have to add pieces. We understand there are holes, um, but we also have to plan one eye today and one eye tomorrow. I can't spend it all. And then this these draft classes the last two years come up and we're we're in cap hell and and we can't sign them. On the topic of free agency and, and your offensive line in particular, you've got three of them, three guys who on the roster for the last couple of years, uh, Mills, Miller, and, and Groy, who are hitting free agency. Are, is there interest there in bringing them back? And I wonder, if you, are you eager to see maybe what uh, Bobby Johnson might be able to provide for that, that group or some of that group? Where yeah. are you with those three? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely talking to those guys. Um, you know, Jordan and um, and John have the same agent, so that's easy. Okay. Um, but, package uh, deal. Yeah, package <laughs> deal. So we'll definitely meet with, with their representative here and, and, and Ryan's as well. And, and listen, it's, again, these guys have hit free agency. They've earned the right to find out what their market is, and they're not going to – I understand it. They've waited this long. They don't want to sign something that they think, and maybe they don't agree with our value either. That's, that's any position, not necessarily these guys. So um, – that's coming up, you know, March 13th. All these things will start getting answered and, and fall into place. But um, if these guys, if we bring them back, great. Uh, if not, we'll wish them the best. These are three good young men uh, as, as people, and every one of them gave everything they had, whether they were starting or whether they were the backup. And so I, I have nothing but, but great things to say about all three. With General Manager Brandon Bean, now let's get to the topic here for the most part, which is the draft picks, the prospects that you're seeing. Overall, can you – I don't want to ask for a grade, but maybe a sense of what kind of a draft class this is in 2019, where, where, what positions are strong, for instance? Yeah, I mean, it was at my presser I was talking. You know, uh, I, don't, I don't want to run through them all, but, I, you know, I think there is some tight end depth. Uh, I think there's some D-line depth. Uh, but um, I think there's depth throughout. I think it's a right now, without hearing the medical, and, and I still haven't met some guys, but I think there's more depth in the whole draft than I would say there was a year ago. 
uh, in what I saw. I think there's going to you're going to find some players a little deeper in the draft potentially. Um, but again, it's February. Things change. I've been some years where we thought it was we had a lot of guys on our board, and our, the medical grades come back, and some guys are D's and F's, and the docs are worried that they're going to last three years. So you start going, man, I had that guy in the second round, and we're worried if he's going to last three years. I can't, I can't spend a second, third round pick on that. You know, at your presser also it came up today about receivers perceived by many to be a area of need. There's a really good point you made about uh, rookies. Marv used to say this all the time. It takes rookie wide receivers take a year or two to get ready to play. Yeah. That might even be more so now with the way the college football is played. You talked about that, how, how important the interview interviews are here for the receivers to see what they know and what they can learn, right? Most definitely. You know, with the spread offense and, and all the signaling to the sidelines and you know, you got a coach for the skills or a coach. Some guys have one coach for one player telling them exactly what to do. And some guys only line up on the left side every play. It doesn't matter if it's fourth and one, first and ten, if they're backed up, <laughs> if they're going in. And so now we have to decipher, is he only on that spot because that's all he can learn? Or is he on that spot because that's the way the coach designed the offense just to make it as easy as possible? There was a receiver coming out of school uh, – this guy's been four or five years ago coming out, and same thing. This this guy always lined up on their sideline. So in the f- first quarter he's playing on the left, the second <laughs> quarter he's playing on the right, and I was you know it was a lot of tell t- and met the kid and you find out the kid was a great kid, but he struggled to learn, and so I think they had him close to the sideline to quickly, you know, maybe somebody was telling him coverage. You know, I don't know what happened, but we had learned concerns on him, and, and it it kind of answered itself. The film, that was odd. And then as we met with the young man, uh, you found out, you know, learning was, was a little bit of an issue for him. On receivers, and Bills fans, NFL fans can watch these receivers and quarterbacks Saturday on TV. What would you tell fans to look for when they're watching receivers on TV Saturday? What traits, what, uh, what abilities should they be looking for? Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking for the guys that, um, who, who's the team going to when they need a big play? Uh, it's third down. It's but it's, it's, I'm it's talking about drive. combine workouts now. Too. Oh, oh, I yeah, thought yeah. you were talking about in season. No, no, I, combine I, I workouts. I got you. Saturday, yeah. um, you know, here at, you're obviously you're going to look at speed, right? Okay, um, how clean does a guy catch the ball? You know, we're watching some guys. You know, they catch it here. Some guys like to cradle it. They don't want to, and that that's hard in our league. If if the easy ones, you know, there is a time when you got to do it. You're doing that comeback, and you, you know, it's, the ball's going to come right into your chest and do that. But the guys that are, you know, they don't trust those hands. That's going to probably catch up to them a little bit. Now, the guys that can get away with it are the ones that can super fly and they can at least track it well enough. That's still a weapon to, you know, to have. But uh, you're looking at all those measures, the, the vertical. You know, those guys that are the leapers. Uh, that vertical jumps big. You know, when you throw those fade balls. Uh, that's a huge weapon. You get down in the red zone and you can throw it up and you can know your guy is going to get it above the rim. More from Brandon Bean after this. It's the nightcap on WGR. Paul, let's get back to Brandon Bean. He was visiting with Murph and Tasker when we left in last segment. Here is the Bills GM. You said that there's a lot of depth across the board uh, in this draft. Talk a little bit about the big guys up front. Uh, there's some offensive linemen, um, tackles, guards. You know, you've, you've got a way that now the value of how good you think those guys can play against the guys you have and what you're going to have to pay them to extend them, that kind of thing. Talk about this draft class and, and the guys down inside guards, centers, that kind of guy. Yeah, I do think there's some guys, uh, and I think there are some guys that we, you know, we've even talked to that have 
have position flex. The best offensive linemen are the ones that can play multiple spots, either center guard or guard tackle. Those one-hole guys, uh, you can't have too many of those or you're going to get yourself in trouble on game day. Uh, we like to go with seven active, you know, a guy that can play guard tackle and a guy that can play center guard. If you got one that's center only, it gets tough, um, you know, to do that. So we do think there's some guys uh, in this draft. Again, you know, I think there's some decent depth there. Uh, I, I'm not going to say there's, you know, elite players, you know, at the top, but uh, I do think there's some depth. And there, are, again, there's some different flavors. There's some road graders. Uh, guys, and then there's some guys that are very athletic that can move with some of these fast DNs that you got to have to, you know, to keep the, you know, the Von Millers and, and so right. off your quarterback. You jumped on Spencer Long within days of his release by the Jets. What did you like about him? You know, uh, Spencer. So it's funny uh, when he got released. Uh, I called Jeremiah Cyrus, and uh, Jeremiah and I had had a conversation when he left town. I asked him where he's going, what he's doing. He's going back to Nebraska, and he yeah. was telling me who all he was working out with and who comes. And he mentioned Spencer. I think Spencer lives with him, and uh, he lives in his basement. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get kicked out though uh, <laughs> yeah, the baby's the baby. when the baby comes. <laughs> what he told me, but uh, so we that we had that conversation. But in my mind, Spencer was with the Jets, so I just kind of. And so I texted Jeremiah, said, hey, I just saw the Jets release Spencer, anything up, anything you know about, and he didn't know. He said, I worked out with him this morning. I hadn't seen him. Huh. Uh, so checked in with him and said, hey, we would have interest. You know, we were interested in Spencer when he hit free agency last year. Um, the Jets paid him, you know, a nice deal, and, um, you know, we had our, our, our cap constraints. But he has a lot of starts in the league. He didn't come in as a center. He kind of learned his way as a center. Uh, we view Spencer uh, as a pro's pro, fits our culture, a tough guy um, who can play center, can play guard, and he'll come in and compete. We're not, you know, we don't do this. We just don't believe in saying this guy is, you know, he's slated to start here. We're going to add pieces and competition to our O-line and let the dust settle, you know, how it may. But we were excited to get Spencer, and we structured his deal, so to speak. If if he's starting, he'll get he'll get paid a little bit more. If he's if he's backed up, then he'll get a little, little bit less. You got time for just a couple more? I want to ask you about – you didn't answer. I'm going to ask you. You got to go? No, I'm good. We <laughs> talked about this on the show yesterday, Steve and I. An underrated aspect of, uh, of Josh Allen's second year is the fact that he doesn't have to share reps anymore. When you come April 15th, when the players show up for off-season workouts, yep. he'll be the guy. I mean, he'll get most of the reps, I would think, right? It's huge. Um, you know, we were in the situation that we were last year, uh, a lot are doing in our planning to try and find a franchise guy. But, um, you know, we didn't know who we would be able to draft when we went into free agency. And we had, you know, Nathan on the roster and, and A.J. Uh, we signed in free agency. So we just felt like, let's don't rush the rookie. And so Josh was getting mostly the threes. And, you know, while that was good for his, his growth, keeping him at, you know, the right pace, the negative was he missed out on a lot of reps. Yeah. Um, not only reps in general, but reps with those starters. Then when he started playing, he wasn't playing a lot with, with that first group, the Charles Clays, the Kelvin Benjamins, the Zay Jones. So he didn't have the rapport. I think that's part of the reason it clicked so well with Robert. You know, he and Robert had probably thrown together – more than anybody yeah. and uh, of who was remaining on the roster. So uh, it'll be great. I know jo it'll be, you know, relieving for Josh to know he's coming in as the one and we don't have to play the, well, I don't know when you're going to start and all that, 
you know, that right. game. Yeah. Well, one more for you. You hired uh, uh, Dennis uh, Locke, yeah. football research director. Mm-hmm. What's his role going to be? What are you going to have him do? So um, Dennis was in Miami. I uh, was aware of him. Dennis Hickey had hired him, and Joe Shane had worked with him even after Dennis had left Miami. And so those two uh, had mentioned him as, as we started uh, our analytics build here. We kind of just started from ground up and – um, so he became available with with the transition changes that Miami they uh, they didn't get rid of him but uh, we pounced we kind of let them have Marvin Allen for for that role and and so we reached out and said hey we got a guy that we would like to increase his role here and and he did some things with coaching so right now he'll he'll spend his his spring more doing some personnel things for us and then he'll probably spend I'd say it's going to be seventy five twenty five in the spring personnel and flipped. 75-25 coaching, just game planning, uh, helping with all the stuff. You know, he'll be looking at running numbers and uh, what teams are doing and tendencies and things like that. Just another added analytical element to what we see on tape. All right, that's going to do it for me. An extended nightcap tonight from 6 to 9, my only one of the week. Thank you for Ch- Kyle for hanging around. It was a tough one for me today. I'm going to try to come back more refreshed tomorrow. Bit of a bug going around. I'm going to try to fight that off. ESPN Radio coming up next on WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.